welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? What's going on? Ready to talk some NBA. Indeed, sir, and we got a lot to talk about. We got some uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals to break down, as well as some of the latest news. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Um, A very lackluster series out west. The Golden State Warriors breezed past the Portland Trailblazers, sweeping them despite Kevin Durant's absence. Um, I, I I wasn't surprised by the result. I had Warriors in five, um, but I was a little surprised that it that the Warriors couldn't pull out one of these games. A lot of these games, most of these games were close games. I think games two, three, and four were all close games, um, and uh, they just they couldn't get it done down the stretch. Obviously, Dame uh, it came out that Dame had. Um, uh, it, was, it was dealing with, you know, some, some injury, injury concerns. I think his ribs, uh, you, you know, were in question. Um, but, you know, I mean, they didn't have KD, and they didn't miss a beat. They just kind of went back to that old-school Warriors lineup. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like especially in game four, like the way Steve Kerr was setting up the lineups and like the, the players he was playing was like the biggest middle finger possible um, to Portland. Like, I mean, he, he, he literally played Jacob Evans four minutes in this game. Um, like, <laughs> like Jacob Evans, maybe he's played four minutes all fucking season and she fucking played him like four minutes in the game, like in a fucking like closeout playoff game. Like, um, obviously they, you know, they were, you know, keeping their lineup very small uh, as it pertained to going up against um, Houston. But with Portland, they were just like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll mix in everybody. We'll play a little bit of everyone. Damian Jones got some time. Jonas Repko got a lot of time. Um, they were just never afraid of them. And uh, it, it just wasn't a series. Uh, it, it, and it um, – points to a lot of things, but before we get into anything, you know, um, outside of the actual games, um, because I do want to talk about what this means for what KD means to the Warriors, um, and and kind of delve into that a little bit, but before we get into that, what's just your general thoughts on the series at hand and how it played out? I was uh, disappointed. I picked Portland uh, to win that series. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did think with Durant being out, um, it would kind of somewhat even the the playing field, um, and they disappointed me. Uh, but I will say that last play, um, I call shame on you on coaching, and I say shame on you on Lillard. Um, you're down a bucket, just a bucket. After you miss that layup, um, you do not take a shot to win it all. You are on the ropes. You're down 3-0. At this point, just stay alive. That's all you're looking to do. You go for the two points, you tie it, and you go for another overtime. That's what you play for. You do not, especially not with, with, um, 
with the way that they ran that play. Uh, I think it was Leonard completely missed the screen. You're supposed to, you're supposed to set that screen, separate Clay from Dame to give Dame time to get a better look than he got. Um, I was yeah. really disappointed in that last play. I was just like, you just got, you guys gave up. Like that, that's what that play was. Mm-hmm. Dame was looking like my ribs hurt. I want to head to Cancun. Um, you know, here it is. Like that's what I thought of that shot. Very disappointed in that. Um, but yeah, this this series I essentially went the way everyone pretty much assumed it would go. Um, Golden State took care of business. I don't know if anyone predicted they would sweep. I don't know if I heard that. Um, but yeah, everyone definitely decided. I mean, thought that they were going to win that series, except for me. I had a lot of faith riding on hey, Lillard and hey, McCollum. Luke, Luke picked Portland too, so don't don't. Oh, he did. Know, don't annex yourself. Yeah, he picked Portland in oh, seven. Okay. You had him in six. So. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I I completely forgot that. I'm <laughs> I'm so used to everyone. Or, just like Golden maybe, State is so packed. Like, good. Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. One of you picked six, and one of you picked seven. I can't remember which is which, but you both y'all both picked Portland. So. I think I definitely picked six. I def I think I definitely picked okay. six. I'm really shocked that I wasn't alone on on that Portland pick. Um, so I feel better. Yeah, I was now. the only one to pick Golden State out of the three of us because Joel hadn't really been participating um, as far as uh, the the pickums. Um, and you oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Later, um, Luke and I are the only ones who've done it from the beginning. Um, but yeah, uh, next year I I'll tell you this. Next year we definitely have to have like a uh, like a a tournament between the four of us where we give our predictions before each series. Um, I, I've tallied I've tallied up the votes and I am definitely winning right now. I'm beating Luke. Um, I I don't have you in the mix because I don't have enough of your predictions from the earlier rounds. Um, but I I am very handedly beating Luke now. Um, so uh, so that's nice. I'm happy about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they they basically just took care of business, like you said. I mean, Draymond just has basically flipped a switch and just look, looks like Draymond of, like, speak five years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, he looks, he looks fucking great. He lost, like, 20 pounds. Um, he um, has really kind of seems like he's really, with Katie's absence, really felt like he's needed um more and 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 feels like his his role is more defined um and he's really been playing to that uh standard and the other two guys as well Steph and Clay um they've both been um essentially playing up to the roles that they played before KD got there um and for the majority um they've all been playing great um and I I would say Steph has definitely um, kind of cued in since pretty much since uh, the fourth quarter uh, of game six against Houston. Um, and, and well, and really the fourth quarter in game five against Houston, because that's when Katie went out and he dominated that. And then he struggled throughout, you know, the, the first half and even into the third quarter of game six and then just fucking killed them. Uh, at the end of uh, game six. And then he's just carried on that play, and Draymond has just been like old-school classic Draymond, just fucking, um, you know, basically playing elite defense, uh, you know, controlling the ball, 
making smart passes, uh, hitting shots when necessary, um, but like really controlling the offense. Uh, and it, it's it's even though it, it sucks that this series, you know, ended so quickly, it has been fun to watch the Warriors play the way that the Warriors used to play. Um, and I very much look forward to um, if KD leaves, seeing this team. Um, kind of go back to that style of play because they just play very differently than Katie's in. Um, but uh, before we get into um, the Katie equation, you you have thoughts on Fremont's uh, uh, resurgence? Yeah, no, you you hit the nail on the head. I was just going to make the point of the guy that was most vocal about not needing Kevin Durant, um, uh, as the report said on, on the sidelines, was Draymond. Right. And I kind of feel like Draymond was trying to show us um, not only can they handle business, but they could handle business without Durant, without Boogie, um, and they did it without Iguodala. That was the more stunning thing that I was mainly concerned about because I'm like, who is shutting down Damian Lillard or or even neutralizing him with Iguodala out? Like, does Clay give his all? And then does – one thing I I do want to say that to trail – Jacob Evans for four minutes. Crazy. So crazy. And the the thing that bugs me the most is um, if you're the Trailblazers, the Warriors have one, only one kryptonite, and it's the fact that Steph Curry cannot play defense. The fact that every point guard does not find ways to attack Steph Curry on switch-offs will forever be beyond me. Like, I, again, I know it's easier said than done, but it is doable. Yeah. Steph Curry has been in foul trouble before. He has fouled out before. Um, and yeah. the best way to neutralize him from dropping 30 is the idea that he has to sit for a majority of the first half because he's in foul trouble. Or he has to and we sit saw that in the Rocket series. We did. But w- what they did not focus on was maintaining that. Like, if you had a lineup of CP – Harden and Gordon as your um at, you know at the at point shooting guard and, and a small forward at some point yeah. that three rotation should be able to attack Curry as much as possible and what he does now right. is Curry will step back to avoid getting the foul on on a lane drive so what do you have to do you have to do the Harden you have to lean in lean into him and 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 do the Dwayne Wade and try to get that foul call. I just I think the right. best possible way to knock the Warriors off cuz the West is um littered with great point guard talent or great shooting guard talent. Um you have to get that guy in foul trouble because what we saw in in last game and a few games of of this series and last series, Clay is struggling. Like he's had some really huge games, but he's also struggling a bit. Um, with his shooting last night, I think he only had like twelve, either twelve or seventeen. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember either, attack. but it wasn't. It wasn't a good night for him. Right, it was not a good night. You have to attack Curry, because to me, if if Clay Thompson every game can go off for thirty or forty, and he's who beats me, I can live with that. But what I can't live with is is the guy that could pull from the logo. Like I can't let that guy uh, be who beats yeah. me. So to me, my biggest flaw uh, and biggest knock on on the Trailblazers is that your biggest strength is your guards, and you weren't able to utilize that in your advantage, um, especially 
for for the last game where there was no Iguodala. So that kind of should have left Dame open to explode, should have left CJ open to explode, and you should have just attacked Curry more. And I don't think enough players yeah. do that. Yeah, and it, it definitely hurts that they, they didn't have Hood as well as Hood had been playing down the stretch. Because um, if you like, like you said, if you can have those three, that kind of three guard system attacking the Warriors, um, you can essentially make sure that whoever's attacking um, the paint from the perimeter is guarded by Steph Curry. And it's not that like, you know, Steph Curry is is not like a really bad defender, um, but he he is susceptible to foul trouble. And so, yeah, I mean, ultimately I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, if you can get him uh, into foul trouble throughout a game, it maybe throws off his momentum. He doesn't need a lot of time or anything to, like, catch fire. Um, But regardless, the the longer he's off the court, the better shape you're going to be in. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it was – um, probably ultimately, uh, uh, you know, uh, had, had mostly to do with the players they had available, um, and not being able to, uh, figure out how to utilize the players that they did have available in order to attack them. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I think it just boils down to this. I think we all, we all kind of bought into this notion that like Portland is, Probably we thought they were better than they are, and they they caught a they caught a lucky draw. I mean, they caught OKC in the first round, and OKC um, it just has not been good down the stretch of the season. Um, and then they caught Denver in the second round, who's very green um, and doesn't you know doesn't know um, or doesn't it doesn't have the experience. Um, and then once we saw them have to go up against a team uh, that does have the experience, regardless of them being minus KD, um, we just saw the better team win. Uh, and even without KD, they're still better than Portland, um, especially with them without Nurkic. Um, so, you know, I, I think ultimately that's, that's how I was reading it going into the series. Um, and I, you know, probably had a little bit of recency bias uh, from uh, seeing Golden State knock out um, Houston in Game Six the way they did. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I mean they're just the better team. Like I mean, if you stack that team up, I'm gonna take Steph over um, Dame. I'm gonna take Clay over CJ, and then I'm gonna obviously take Draymond over whoever you want to throw out for the. Blazers third guy so you know when when you got that kind of advantage you know you, you're probably going to win um so and, and that's that's just kind of the way it played out um I want to talk a little bit about what this means for Kevin Durant there's been a lot of talk about are the Warriors better without Kevin Durant because they have a 30 and one record over the last 31 games without Kevin Durant and they seem to play like just a different brand of basketball without him. And I do think that there is I, – I don't want to dismiss it as a stupid question. Um, however, um, they – there's times that they 
do really benefit from having Kevin Durant. Against the Portland Trailblazers, no, they don't need him. They, they, they definitely don't need him. Against LeBron James' Cavaliers, maybe they didn't need him, but he definitely made that uh, – he, he made it such that they weren't going to be beat by them. Um, I, I think – I do think, though, that the writing is on the wall more than ever, that, um, that the Warriors are going to be just fine without Kevin Durant. And I think he sees that. I think he has seen that. And I think that is part of what has kind of um, spurred a lot of this talk throughout this season about him leaving, potentially joining the Knicks or, you know, maybe another team. Um, I I think at this point, that's absolutely what he has to do. Um, It's it's been a great run for them. They're probably going to win three championships. I mean, I, dude, I love Milwaukee, uh, but they're still like, they're still new. Um, so uh, I, unless some injury happens, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't really foresee them beating Golden State. Um, but you know, they'll probably give them a, a nice, nice, decent series and whatnot. But they, they haven't quite paid their dues. It's very rare that a team like that. I mean, we're we're looking at in in. Recent years, we're looking at Golden State in 2015, and that's pretty much it as far as teams that came onto the scene and won it in the same year. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just I think KD uh, kind of can can read the tea leaves. He sees the writing on the wall, and he knows that you know it, it's time for him to go. Um, the NBA, uh, you know, crowd is always going to be saying. Well, you know, you're just too stacked. It's not fair. And this is only kind of adding to that by Golden State just rolling off five straight um, victories without him in the playoffs uh, in, you know, at the end of the semis and then throughout, you know, sweep in the Western Conference Finals. Um, You know, I mean, that that certainly adds to the argument that, yo, man, they, like, this team like is just fine without you. Um, you know they will uh, they they will be fine if you leave, and you being there is just such an unfair advantage. Um, the notion that they're somehow better without him, I think that's stupid. Um, I think they obviously play a different brand of basketball, but like if you're telling me like that. I, you know, I could choose to have Kevin Durant or not have Kevin Durant, just to, despite the fact that it's going to change maybe the particular style or the approach to the game that we have. Like in a seven-game series, I'm going to take Kevin Durant because we've seen it. We know he's clutch. We know he will pull up and knock down a shot right in LeBron James's face. And you know, that's that's something that is undeniable. Um, so I, I I do think that argument is 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 pretty off base um but i do think uh that he i don't think they need him i I don't i wouldn't even say that um he was a necessity for them to win the last two titles i would say i wouldn't go so far to go to the other side and, and just 
say, well, he's just a luxury. Um, but I, I would say that, like, it's something in between those two. Um, I think they totally could have won the last two titles without him. I think that um, – I think essentially uh, he makes their team unbeatable. Um, and that's not fun for anybody. Uh, but they would probably still have been the odds-on favorite with, you know, Harrison Barnes or whoever they got to, you know, replace um, Harrison if, if Durant had not come. Uh, and I, I, I think, I think the stars are aligning. I think, I think more so than I ever have right now that he he is going to leave in the off season and we're finally going to get some parity back in the NBA. Uh, but I've rambled far too long. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. I felt like I yelled there. Um, I just listened to Chris Broussard yesterday and last week. And according to him, Kevin Durant is recruiting uh, other players to the Knicks right now, like literally right now. Um, so, I mean, if there's any credence to that, um, you know, it, it's, it kind of shows how, um, and I listened to the Warriors, I was going to say acceptance speech, not their acceptance speech, but, um, post game, uh, you know, during the award ceremony, I kind of just felt like there was no mention of Kevin Durant. I mean, to be fair, there was no DeMarcus Cousins mention either. Um, but I kind of just feel like these guys are acting as if Durant, and cousins are no longer warriors, and I kind of feel like they're playing like that. They're feeling like that. Um, I agree with you. The notion that uh, they're better without Durant is insane. Like, n- n- no. Like, you lost the finals the year before he got there, and you had a three-one lead. So, no, you're not better without him. I I do slightly disagree on one thing that you said. I feel like without Durant, um. I don't think they're a lock to win the finals. Um, I didn't going say forward. that. Oh no 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 no! I, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry. You're right. You said they're a lock to to go to the finals, right? No, I said they're a favorite. Oh, a favorite, a favorite, a favorite. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, because I, I. Yeah, because I hear people that are like, oh no, no, they can still win the final. Like, could yeah, but I kind of right. feel like if there's no Durant, I kind of feel like the entire West is going to change everything. Um, the oh, same way they tried to, to change. But, right. But, like, Go let ahead. me paint this picture. Who would you say is the second best team in the West right now? Houston? You could say it's a toss-up, but, yeah, Houston. All right. Are you taking Houston or Golden State in a seven-game series without Durant? But keep in mind that even though – if Durant leaves, they will make some kind of moves to upgrade their roster. So they will get better than what they are now without Durant than what, you know, then you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I know. I, I'm still take I'm still taking Golden State in a seven game series and that well, like, I'm not, I don't think they're a lock. I just think that I would still take Golden State. What's frustrating about Golden State is, Everyone said, like, can you do it without Durant? Yeah, you did it before, but, like, now you've become so dependent, can you do it? And it's like, Houston, if you couldn't beat them without Durant, Portland, if you couldn't beat them without Durant, Iggy, and DeMarcus Cousins, and 
Yeah. Exactly. It's like it still doesn't seem like the rest of the West is going to be able to stop these guys. Because like you said, no. if they're not paying Durant, of course they're going to play, uh, play, pay to keep Clay. So you'll have Clay, Draymond, and Steph. You'll have that core there. I'm hearing a lot of reports that Iggy and Livingston could retire. Um, so believe once that money comes off the books, along with DeMarcus possibly not they coming back retire. and Durant not they coming back. retire next year. Iggy stands to make like $16 million next year. Ain't no way he's retiring before he collects that check. Fair, fair enough. I'm just saying Broussard was saying how he's hearing that they Broussard both could, can kick they my win ass. This year. They ain't retiring this year. Fuck that. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Regardless, like you said, they will find a way to reshuffle the decks. And if you guys couldn't beat them this year without possibly some of their better talent – um, it just it I, I don't see unless Houston finds a way to make a huge game changing acquisition, uh Denver right. takes an elite uh evo, you know, evolutionary step forward. Um right. Portland, um, you know, maybe if they can keep C J and somehow still get a Kevin Love, um and Kevin Love can go back to his elite status, like all these teams have to do superhero a lot level of things. What if? Right, yeah. like assemble the gauntlet, <laughs> pretty much. Right, to, yeah. to disassemble the Warriors, and that's why it's kind of like this was the best time. Like everyone who was like, you know, uh, you know, we needed CP3 last year, and we would have beaten the Warriors. Well, you had CP3, and then they didn't have Durant, and you couldn't get it done on your home court. Portland right. didn't have Iggy, Durant, or Draymond, uh, or uh, Demarcus, and you couldn't get it done on your home court. So it's like they're not only beating you. But they're embarrassing you in your home, so it's like yeah. I, I don't see how it gets better for you unless you're able to make, like I said, gauntlet level leaps forward. And I just don't see anyone who has the cap space to do it, anyone who has the nope. players to do it. Um, so nope. I, I I don't see how that anyone takes giant steps ahead of Golden State in the West. I think the East has chances to do it, but no one in the West. Yeah, I agree. I I think uh, I think if Philly can retain their guys and make some some moves on the margins, they can improve and you know possibly be one of the teams that could come out of the East that could beat that team. I think Milwaukee definitely already has the pieces in place to where they could beat that team, depending on who they bring back. But um, I don't expect them to bring back Lopez just because um, they can't offer him enough money. He, he He's made himself a lot of money this off season. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't see him staying put uh, like he'd have to take so much less money than what he could get on the open market. It would, it would, um, it would be the ultimate of how old would you uh, say he David, is? Uh, probably like 31, 32, 31. Then you know what the biggest determination uh, will be. Um, the the biggest factor will be if they can get to the finals this year, which seemingly looks like they can, and they can take the Warriors seven games. Um, if I'm Brook Lopez, the decision I'm making is: Do I want rings? Do I want money? Because um, that's the decision Iggy yeah. had to make. Um, and you could say it, they finally found a way to give him the money that he deserved, sure. but it was after he started winning his ring. So if you're Brooke, Very true. do you want to devote the latter half of your years doing that, but with assurances that you'll get your money on the back end? 
Um, because yeah. your best chance to, to stay in line for winning these championships, really, honestly, is two teams. Uh, Golden State, but I don't think they can afford you either. Um, or Milwaukee. No. Because unless the Knicks get Durant, I don't really see anyone in the West that's leaps better than, than um, Milwaukee. And I don't see anyone else in the West that's leaps better than Golden State uh, just by adding Brook Lopez. So it's like you probably should stay, but, you know, assurances probably. that you'll get it on the back end the same way that Iggy did. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's I, – I, I see where you're coming from. It's just like – do I want a one-year, four million dollar contract, or? And I guess you know, conceivably, they could offer him. Probably, I think they're going to be in the tax next year, unless they make some moves on the margin to like move, like Snell and Ilyasova to get them off their books, which I don't think will happen now. Um, I, I I don't think they have the assets to, to be able to do that currently. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, so, I mean, they could offer him the, the luxury tax exception, which would be like $5.5 million. Um, so, I mean, but, like, he could probably make, like, $15 million on the open market and have, like, a three-year deal worth, like, $45 million. Like, he's played that well for this team. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, you're you're right. Like, that, that'll be what it comes down to. He's... He's made a lot of money over his career. He was making bank in Brooklyn. So, um, and he made good so maybe, money in L.A. <laughs> um, I, well, I mean, he, yeah, but I mean, that was still on his Brooklyn contract. Um, oh, right, right, right. But, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But like, I, I do think that ultimately he might choose that. But here's the thing: even if he walks. You have Miritich's bird rights, so you could just bring back Miritich and just run Giannis at the five, and you're fine. Like, you know, like you're not like it would suck not having him, but like they would be fine without him. Like, um, like long term, especially like if all these other guys get better. So, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's going to be something. Definitely to watch with where Katie goes, how the Warriors are affected by it, what they do to bolster their roster in his absence if he does leave, and what the rest of the West does. I do expect, as similarly to how when LeBron left the East, every team, like the, all the top teams, seem to be like, all right, like we can, we can fucking do it now. We can like really try to win. Um, I expect a lot of those teams in the West to do the same, and obviously a lot of them are going to be disappointed, just like a lot of these teams in the East have been disappointed as well. Um, but, you know, it, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but that brings us to our next topic. So, according to reports, uh, Dame Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers are, um, you know, discussing uh and and from the reports that I read are are probably further along than discussing um you know they they they're both they both have their sights set on uh Dame signing that ma- uh supermax extension to stay in Portland um for you know the next 
six years, I think it would be. Uh, so, that's, that, you know, I mean, if they, they lock him up, uh, that gives them a lot of flexibility as far as other moves that they can make, um, knowing that they have him there. Um, it does give him a short window to do so, though, because when that Supermax hits, um, when it when it goes into effect, it's it takes up so much of your cap that it is hard to make moves around it once it does go into effect. We're seeing the results of that right now with the Wizards, um, OKC, um, even Golden State with uh, with Steph. My question to you is: Do you think it's the right play for the Warriors? I'm sorry, for the Blazers to um, supermax Dame uh, Lilly? I'll say yes, um, <clears throat> but. What I'm telling them, if I'm Trailblazers front office, I'm sitting them down and I'm saying, look, remember how you you were complaining about you want this team to be um, championship like caliber? Well, those guys over in Golden State, few of those guys made sacrifices. So I get it. Cool. You want the money? No argument. I'm not letting you go. I'll pay you. But just know it could be at the expense of you losing CJ, could be at the expense of you losing anyone else, um, for me to, you know, make affordable changes to try to give you the best possible roster. Um, and if he right. says he's okay with that, would I, like if he signs this contract, because essentially that's him saying, I get that I'm eating up a lot of your cap space so you then can't assemble a Warriors-like team for me. So once he signs that contract, what I no longer want to hear from him is I want to stay here um, and, and make this team competitive. Well, you just ruined that when you signed that huge contract. And, again, I, I don't blame guys. You know, Nick, I'm the first one that's like, screw that. Get paid. I have no issue yeah, with it. Yeah, get your money, but son. Exactly. My issue comes when you do something, and I don't want to say selfish because it's not selfish. You deserve it. But when you do something like that, getting a Supermax, and then complain that you don't have good enough players around you. Well, all those good enough players are, are in your bank account right now. Like that, you, you have all the good players in your account. So to and me, you're talking about a team that is already in the luxury tax. They are currently right, in right. the luxury tax. So it's not that's like why they're I said, not spending the money. Right. That's why I said if he wants a, a competitive team or even somewhat competitive, CJ might be a casualty of that. Um, and as long as he's okay with that, I'm good. Like <laughs> I have no arguments against it. Um, but if if the question is like, do I think he deserves it? Am I okay with it? All of the above. Yes, yes, he definitely deserves it. You don't want uh, other teams, um, you know, getting a shot at Damian Lillard. You don't want him walking. Um, but I don't want to hear any complaints from him going forward about, man, like you know, if we just had like better players or if we had a few more guys. Nope, all that goes out the window once your name. Is signed on that paper. So as long as he's he's cool with that, and I don't hear any more complaining, by all means, give him that supermax. Yeah. So here's the thing: um, the supermax wouldn't hit until 2021. He's mm-hmm. already signed through through 20 the 2020 2021 season. So um, it would essentially be that that same kind of John Wall um, supermax, where he still has two years remaining um, at his regular. Um, salary, and then it would hit, I think, for the next four years after that. Um, so uh, the only people that they currently have on their books for the 2020-2021 season 
is Dame, CJ, Nurkic, Zach Collins, Anthony Simons, who, you know, they have an option on so they could, like, let let him go, um, and Gary Trent Jr., um, which totals out to $87 million. The cap's projected to be $118 million um, that year. Um, they also have some dead money um, in Andrew Nicholson and Anderson Berger. Um But, um, so I mean, they would conceivably, and not next year, but the year after, they would have some cap space to play with before that Supermax went into effect. So, to me, that would be what you're hoping for. You'd be like, um, you know, we get we get him signed on, we have all of this room, we can make these moves, but you're in Portland. You're you're not exactly a free agent's first choice as far as their destination. I mean, Juwan, I know you remember this when all of the the trade talks were top, you know, circling around Mello. Like Portland really wanted to trade for Mello, and Port and, and Mello was just like, yeah, I ain't fucking going to Portland, like. Even when it all came down to it, and he, you know, he ended up being like, "Yeah, you can trade me to OKC. I'll waive my no trade clause." He still was like, "I ain't going to fucking Portland." Um, so if if you got dudes out there picking OKC over you, that's a rough. That's a that's a that's a not a good look. Um, here's I will thing. say though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Because I got a, I got a, I got a rant. So okay. I, I no, feel I just, like yours is going to be quicker than mine. Oh, yeah, 100%. I will say, though, if you're Trailblazers, the good thing is you could possibly do what Milwaukee has done in the sense of you won't get star-caliber players, but if you can get a Brook Lopez, if you can get a Miritic, if you can get right. guys like that that can play their roles very well and be happy with a small franchise like that, you're great. Enos Cancer was the first step in that. Um, so, I mean, yeah. you did – Damian Lillard did help put this team on the map enough to where smaller role, like really good role players are interested in coming there. But by no means sure. will a superstar ever think about spending the rest of their life in Portland. No offense. Portland. No. No offense at all. Um, like fucking awesome city. Like uh, keep Portland weird. I'm all about it. Um, but <laughs> nevertheless, here's the deal. They don't have a fucking choice. If they want to keep Damian Lillard, then they have to sign him to a Supermax um, because he qualifies for it. And here lies the biggest flaw of this whole fucking bullshit Supermax idea that they need to fucking do away with. Um, You're talking about a team, a small market team, already paying the luxury tax. Um, They already could offer him more money than anybody else just in the regular they could offer him more years they could offer him an an eight percent increase per year on his salary versus a five percent increase uh like maybe instead of like having this whole supermax idea why don't you just like make it so they can offer like i don't know a 10 or 12 percent increase per year instead of five percent if your your free agent goes somewhere else regardless of supermax um that those would be ways to make this system better to retain players. Uh, the Supermax is just a fucking stupid idea, and they need to do away with it. We've already seen it backfire with John Wall. We've seen it backfire with Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, not that, not that I, I think Russell Westbrook isn't like the detriment to his team that um, that John Wall is because at least he's out there and he's playing. Um, 
But, like, he, he – I think a lot of people can look at this team and say this isn't working. Um, and, and, you know, maybe, you know, despite the, the notion that they probably never would trade Russ, um, it, it's, it's a contract right now that's impossible to trade because it is so gargantuan. Um, and you, you, you see the same thing with John Wall. Like, it, it just – it basically only works for teams – that are winning, uh, a la Golden State with uh, uh, Steph Curry, um, like they're not regretting signing him to the Supermax because they're winning, and it's it's fine, it's all good. Um, plus, you know, he signed on to that like really, really, you know, minuscule contract for his second contract, so like he more so than anyone fucking deserved it. Um, but it's 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 a terrible thing. For a franchise like Portland to basically be like, well, if we don't offer him the Supermax, though he qualifies for it, he's probably going to be mad, and then he's going to leave. So we have to offer him the Supermax, or he'll leave. And so now we're, you know, now we're in the position of, well, do we risk it? Do we play out the next two years and and try to sign him to a regular max, um, knowing that he's probably going to be mad that we didn't give him the Supermax? Um, do we try to trade him? Well, we don't want to trade him, so I guess we just got to give him the Supermax. It's a bullshit fucking thing. So without further ado, what I would do if I was in charge of the fucking Trailblazers, and um, you know, it's, it's not going to happen, but this is what I would do. I would call up the Lakers, and I would be like, hey, I want four. Uh, you know, I heard it through the grapevine that, uh, you know, the Bulls are offering you seven for uh, for Lonzo. Um, try to get six out of uh, out of Phoenix, but I'll take either one. Um, so I want four. I want six or seven. I want Kyle Kuzma, and I want two future firsts, um, and we'll call it a deal. And I'll send you Damian Lillard. So you have – if you're the Lakers, you would have Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, uh, Brandon Ingram, and LeBron James, and then a small amount of cap space to go out and sign a center, um, preferably a center who can hit threes, somebody like a Dwayne Dedman, um, you know, who, you know, would just kind of fit, or a Brooke Lopez, you know, some, somebody in that in that sort of realm. Um, but that that is a squad that I feel like LeBron could win with. I think Ingram took some big steps. Last season, before he was ruled out, I think he, in the in that kind of brief period where LeBron had come back from injury, um, and 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 they were playing together, he had kind of figured out how to play alongside LeBron. Finally, after you know, um, struggling to kind of figure it out throughout the course of the season, um, I think Hart is, is is a you know reliable shooting guard, and I think putting Dame Lillard on that team would be the kind of star that. Um, that he would need and you know essentially if you're the Lakers uh, you know a bird in hand is worth two in the bush you can pine over Anthony Davis all you want Um, their owner like was reported to have said um, like over my dead body will we trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers now she did come out and recant that um, but like I feel like the only reason she came out and recanted that um, is because she you know, it essentially doesn't want the rest of the league to know that they're not going to trade him to the Lakers because they want to drive up the offer and get the best offer that they possibly can. 
Um, but they're not going to trade him to the Lakers. I'm very confident that they are not going to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Um, I would be utterly fucking shocked if that happens. So, like, if you're faced with, well, um, they're probably not going to trade us Anthony Davis, and, uh, you know, maybe Washington will put Bradley Beal on the market, but, hey, we could get Anthony Davis right now for essentially Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, the number four pick, uh, and two future first, like, yeah, I'm going to fucking take that deal. And if you're Portland, not only do you get out of the luxury tax, you completely um, cut your cap space down uh, just immeasurably. I'm not even sure what the figure is, but it would it'd be a shit ton because Damian Lillard is scheduled to make almost $30 million next season. Um, so you would be getting out of the luxury tax. You would have – uh, number four, number seven, uh, or maybe six. Yeah, essentially, I would I would draft Damian Garland or uh, Darius Garland, who is kind of the um, he's the second best, you know, by most people's um, calculations, the second best point guard in this draft. Um, he's got a lot of similar skill sets to Damian Lillard, so maybe you know maybe you would be drafting the next Damian Lillard. Um, obviously, with the draft. That's always up in the air. It's always in question. Um, it's a lot more likely that you'd be, um, you know, drafting, I don't know, the next fucking, I don't know, who is projected to be Damian Lillard asked and didn't turn out to be. But that's, you know, more likely who you'd be drafting. Um, but nevertheless, you would have that upside. Um, you could take a wing player at seven uh, or six, whether it's Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, um, you know, uh, Jarrett Culver, whoever falls to six or seven, um, you, you know, you could take that person. Pair those two guys with CJ. You would have Kuzma. Um, you would still have Zach Collins. Uh, you'd have a really promising young team, plus a couple draft picks in the future, plus you get out of the luxury tax, plus you don't tie yourself into a supermax that you, once you do want to get out of, you will not be able to get out of. And Damian Lillard will be playing the majority of that Supermax contract, or at least half of it, past his prime. Um, no, there's no fucking way that I pay him the Supermax. I just assume trade him at his all-time peak high value. You're, and we just got through talking about this. You're not going to beat the Warriors, and there's a ton of teams on your fucking heels. Denver, you barely beat them, and they're only going to get better. Um, the Lakers... You think, like, one way or another, they're going to get better next season. I don't know how, but they're going to. So, like, if you could be the one who benefits off them getting better and get all of those assets, might as fucking well. Not to mention, if you make this move, you still have C.J. McCollum signed on for two years, so you don't have to rush to trade him, but you can put him out on the block and just kind of wait and see and wait and see when somebody's willing to give you a big offer for him. Because um, he would be worth a lot, especially after the playoffs that he had. That's what I would do if I was Portland. I would not want to be tying myself in long-term to a guy who's already 28. He signed on for two more years, and then you're going to supermax him for four years after that? He's going to be 29 next year, 30 the following year. His supermax years are going to be 31, 32, 33, and 34. No fucking way am I making that decision. No chance. Um, and that, and again, that's the problem with the Supermax. 
It doesn't make sense nine times out of ten for the teams, and that was that was what it was designed for to be beneficial to the teams. Um, they need to do away with it. Um, and and furthermore, I'd make the trade and then present this whole argument and saying the league needs to change the supermax deal because this is why we made the trade. Um, and 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 try try to shift the blame. Uh, away from me as a general manager or or a team owner and say, this is a league problem. We had to trade him because if we didn't, this is what our future would be like. This is what we'd be looking at for our future. Um, so, yeah, I, I would do all of those things and, and just say, Dame, we love you, but, like, dude, if we – like honestly, come on! If we hadn't given you the supermax, which was not a smart decision, you would have been mad, and that that animosity would have lingered. You might have left, you might not have left, but you would already always have been pissed off about it. Now at least you have a chance to go win a ring in L.A. with LeBron. Um, good luck with Rob Palenka making the right decisions around y'all, but. You know that's not our fault. It's not our fault they got shitty management. Um, but like we have good management, and we're not uh, we're not going to pay you a supermax after you know when you're on the wrong side of thirty. Um, but yeah, just my two cents. Any thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah, I mean I don't necessarily disagree, but I feel the way you feel about supermaxes is how I feel about this draft reform, um, and it's kind of to the oh, to dude. the point where it's like. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, I'm Dude, sorry. you and I feel the same about you and I feel the same about the draft reform. I was saying this, you know, when they announced the draft reform, and Joel was like, "Yo, like, no, nah, I like it." Blah 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 blah. And I was like, "All right, we're well, just wait until the Knicks finally tank right and see if you like it then." <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> yeah. Like, and and I will say that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that if you're the league, you signed off on on the idea of this. Uh, and you signed off on it not really thinking um, one or two things. One, uh, Damian Lillard is one of a kind. He's one of the kind in the sense of um, if he could stay in Portland and get the money, he'll stay. Um, if he thinks he can't get the money uh, or, or they're not willing to pay him, he'll he'll leave. Um, and, and you're in a good situation there mainly because um, – and I get it. The, the NBA did it to keep the best players – um, on their respective teams. I get that. But honestly, what's been one of the more watchable things of the NBA is seeing players leave. Um, and what I mean by that is, as much as everyone hated it, everyone was glued to their TVs to watch uh, LeBron in Miami. As much as people hated it, people were glued <laughs> to their TVs to, to watch Kevin also, Durant. So, go ahead. Just real quick. The players who don't want to stay leave anyway, and the players who want to stay end up costing their respective franchises way more money, and that's all it boils down to. You're not you're – not, you're, nobody is staying because of the money. They're taking advantage of the money because they want to stay, and therein right. lies the problem. Right, and, and I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, but what I think the league needs to start realizing is your your goal is to be more watchable than football. And what makes football super exciting is it's so unpredictable. But if you're now right. telling me that you could offer your players so much money 
it is almost impossible they ever leave. You know what I'm going to start to grow? Fatigue. Like, oh, my God, Lillard is still here, and they're still losing. Oh, my God, AD is still there, and Kimba. they're still losing. Yeah, Kimba, 10 years from now, Zion. So it's like, no, I like seeing players have, uh, you know, the choice. And technically they still do. They could turn down it, but it's like you say all the time, Nick, who the hell is stupid enough to turn down all that money? Like, yeah, cool, well, all right, but, I'm not going to be winning, but – well, wait, but here's the thing, this, and this is what I was just saying, is there will be guys who turn down that money because they can make it up in endorsements, and what's the difference between $200 million and $240 million? Sure, $40 million, but if you're already getting $200 million, it, it doesn't. It, at that point, it doesn't matter. The contracts are so grandiose that it does not matter. And so it doesn't – like. It doesn't do what it was designed to do. If you really wanted uh, an effective Supermax, you wouldn't have that extra money that they're able to make by staying count towards the cap sheet. Um, but I agree with you. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there should be any level of Supermax. I think it should basically just be like you – they can currently offer players an extra fifth year if they stay with their team and an 8% raise per season, um, as opposed to four years with a 5% raise per season um, if they go to a different team. I would just I'd keep that fifth year and then say you can offer a 10 or 12% raise um, per season if you stay with your team, and just leave it at that. This whole super mag, and, and just make that applicable to any player. Um, and and it just just do away with the Supermax. I, I just think it's doing way more harm than good at this point. And we get yeah, – the proof is in the pudding. Like, look at John Wall's contract. Come on now. A hundred percent, now that Washington can't get out of it. But I will say – excuse me. Um, the NBA better smarten up because the most exciting thing fans uh, experience watching basketball, at least from the past ten years, is the idea that big names go to – big markets, and do big things. Golden State is purely the exception. Um, I do not think the Warriors were highly as coveted. Um, you could say the Baron Davis years. Uh, I won't argue with that. Um, but they were yeah. not looked at at the scope that they, they have been over the past five, six years. Um, no. and, and, that and, that, and that's the other to, thing. Go ahead. Well, that's the other thing. It's the big market, and then it's the David. They come out to face those Goliaths, and right. like that, and, and and that's the intrigue. That is has always been the intrigue to see if the two thousand in two thousand two can the Sacramento Kings take down the L.A. Lakers. Everybody was glued in on that series, um, but yeah, I mean, if if you make it such that the Kings would have had to have offered. You know, Chris Webber, a supermax to fucking stay, and then they max out their cap, and then they can't go get Doug Christie or um, Mike Bibby or, you know, fucking Vlade Deacon. Like, I'm, I'm not talking about this in any sort of chronological order. So, you know, for anyone who's going to drop something in the comments, well, actually, Chris Webber never actually would. Get, it, it, it's hypothetical. My point is, if you're making it so hard for small market teams to compete because of their cap sheets, then, like, because they're having to pay one guy 40% of their salary, 
of, the, of their allotted salary, um, and just in order to keep him, it's, it's just not going to work. It's not going to fucking work. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, and it is something that they're going. The league at some point is gonna have to tell um, Silver, like, hey, hey, man, like I know I've signed off on this before, but I'm stuck with this John Wall shitty contract. Can we, uh, can we talk can we about maybe not having to do this? <laughs> can, can you make it so I don't have to pay Beal a similar contract <laughs> when he makes third team All NBA? Like, I don't want to have to do that. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. And, you know, it, it would also be nice if, you know, the NBA didn't have to rig the lottery so the two smallest market teams get, you know, fucking draft picks when they're, you know, on the verge of fucking being moved to Seattle. That'd be nice, too. Um, that'd be lovely, because uh, I'd have Zion. It wouldn't so yes, that'd be lovely. <laughs> it'd be nice. It'd be real nice. Um, and maybe my team would be in the top four. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but uh, But regardless... Um, we need to uh, to move on. Um, let's let's talk just briefly about this uh, this Bucks uh, Raptors series. So the Raptors managed to uh, bring it within one game. The series is now two one Bucks. Um, they, it, it was a fucking terrific game three. It was a lot of fun to watch. I actually watched the first three quarters, then watched Game of Thrones, and then went back and finished. Um, the fourth quarter and then the double overtime. It was it was it was a, a very nice way for me to for me to uh, round out my weekend. Um, but yeah, I I think Toronto is totally outmatched here. Um, I, I wasn't surprised that they won Game Three, especially once Giannis fouled out. Um, but nevertheless, Giannis had a terrible game by his standards. Um, uh, Bledsoe was just super shaky uh, throughout the game, but particularly down the stretch, so much so that they had to bench him, and they tried to bring him back in, and then they benched him again because George Hill is just just way more consistent right now, especially from the line. Um, and, you know, now that they have Brogdon back, he is, you know, He's been playing well, and he he kind of fits right into that closing lineup. I I just don't think there's any way Toronto wins the series. I'll be surprised at this point if it goes further than five. Um, I I totally expect Milwaukee to come out, win game four, take it back home, win game five, and that'll be all she wrote. Um, But, uh, you know, I I guess I, I am somewhat, like, I guess happy that that Toronto was able to kind of pull it out. Um, like good for them. At least you got one. Maybe you'll get two. Um, definitely not winning the series. It's funny. I almost texted uh, um, you, Joel, and uh, um, Luke uh, during the game. Who's? I, but I was I was because I was behind. I was like, well, well, let me see how this game finishes out. But I was I was almost like. Who's the bigger choke artist right now, Pascal Siakam or Eric Bledsoe? Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> Pascal Siakam couldn't make a free throw to save his fucking life, um, and neither could Eric Bledsoe. They were both just choking. Um, and uh, and fucking, you know, Kyle Lowry had already fouled out, and Van Vliet was having to try and carry the load. Um, but Van Vliet did make, like, a really big three down the stretch of that game. Um, he actually showed up, played decent. Um 
but yeah, they're, they're essentially they're just asking Kawhi to do too much. Um, it was enough to get them through the Sixer series with the occasional um, good performance from you know a various other player. Um, but that's just not going to be good enough to get by Milwaukee. Um, and I I've seen nothing in their team that ex- that that makes me think that that's going to change. That you're going to get consistency out of whether it be Lowry, Gasol, um, Siakam, uh, any of those guys. Uh, I I just don't see it. Um, so yeah, I mean I I think I think Milwaukee's the better team. I thought that going in, and I think. You know, I said seven, um, but I, I actually think it's going to be less than that. Um, what are your thoughts? I'm going to be honest, Ben. I picked Toronto. Um, as uh, Shannon calls him, show enough Kawhi Leonard. Um, I, I, I have so much faith in a guy who is we- willing this entire franchise. Um, because think about this. If they had lost last game, the Raptors would have been swept, and I yeah. think they got swept last year, and I think maybe, like, each time they play LeBron, I feel like they got swept. Uh, I could be 100% wrong, but I just feel like they've never won a game. Um, no, no, go ahead. Went, uh, I'm pretty sure they went 4-2 one year. I think Shocking. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I think, I want to say it was the year that um, it was in the Eastern Conference Finals in that year where um, – uh, Kevin Love uh, was out because Kelly Olynyk like pulled his arm out of his fucking socket. Oh um, yeah, you're right. Yes, you're and right. Think, and Kyrie and LeBron was able to lead them. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, it, it would be heartbreaking um, to know that you upgraded trading Demar Derozan and getting Kawhi Leonard, and you still get swept. Um, it, it, it would be, and honestly. Uh, if they do still you know find what? a way to I'm win, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, 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 Go ahead. That that had to have been the year after because I'm I'm playing it back in my head. I just want to like offer this correction. I actually I'm pretty sure I don't have anything in front of me, so I'm doing this totally off memory. But actually, I think that was the year they swept Atlanta. <laughs> I think that was Atlanta's 60 win season, and they swept Atlanta in the conference finals. Without Kevin Love, I think that was that year. Um, but I could oh, be wrong. Oh yikes! I, I don't. <laughs> let's hope. I don't remember. Let's hope it. you're wrong. I don't remember it precisely, but I'm pretty. I'm. I'm like ninety percent positive that that was that year. <laughs> um, it, it, it's. I, I'm watching this team, and I'm watching Kawhi Leonard, and and if I'm him, I'm like, can I pick up the phone now and call um, Doc Rivers and say, uh, you know, get my locker ready. Like I mean, it's just it, there's no way I'm staying here because right. I can't I can't see this roster drastically getting better. Um, and as no. and as well as as he has, shit. yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And as well as I think he has played in in the playoffs this year, um, again, well, not great, but well. Um, you can't Dude. win with Kyle Lowry being your number two. Like that's oh, clearly his wow. number two. Yeah. Um, yeah. you, you can't, you you just can't well, do it. You you cannot do it. Yeah, I would like to say I would like to say it's Siakam, but in these playoffs, it hasn't been. Like Lowry's had just as many big games as Siakam, and that's the thing. He doesn't he doesn't even really have a number two. It's like maybe 
one or two games in a series, Lowry will, will you know put put forth like you said like a like a a good performance, not great, but good. Um, he he did play great, I think, in game one of this this series. Um, just like played out of his mind, um, and they still managed to lose because nobody else fucking stepped up. Uh, and that's the thing, like like he'll have one guy step up and play good to great or whatever in a game, but he he, he can never get multiple guys to do it. Um, with maybe you know the one exception being that. I want to say game five against the Sixers where, like, everybody on that roster was just fucking playing the lights out, and they kicked the shit out of the Sixers. Um, but, like, for the most part, like, yeah, they just, like, they they don't have a, a, a number two guy, and maybe Siakam could become that in the future, but, like, by the time he does become that, wh- where is, you know, the rest of your, like, 30-year-old, plus roster going to be. Um, and, and you know, and I know um, uh, Ibaka is, like, 28 or something like that, but that dude plays like he's 33. Like, his legs are 33-year-old legs. Um, and, like, yeah, they're, just, they're old. Like, I don't understand why, like, never mind the, the fit or any of that, or, 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 excuse me, never mind, like, the notion that, well, like, you know, like, the whole notion that, that Kawhi just wants to live in L.A., like, blah, 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 but the Raptors really good. It's like, sure, yeah, they're really good because Kawhi's really good and you got some decent players around you. But, like, dude, like, if you're talking about, like, playing out the next four years of your career, like, where would you rather be? Because I would much rather be in L.A., alongside that team, which is much younger. You got Shea Gilders Alexander. He is going to be awesome. And I still um, feel like I won the bet between me and Luke on who was going to be the second-best point guard um, in that draft because um, I definitely took him over Sexton, and that seems to be paying off tenfold. Um, they oh, also God, picked up yes. Landry Shamit. <laughs> yeah. They also picked up Landry Shamit in that fucking Sixers trade, which was just fucking baffling how they were able to get the Sixers to throw him into that deal. Um, you know, they, they have Montrez Harrell coming off the bench. They just picked up Zubat in that fucking Mascala trade, which, again, is fucking baffling. Um, probably even more <laughs> baffling than the Tobias Harris trade because uh, you literally got nothing back if you're the Lakers. Um, so, obviously, they have a great GM. They have a great coach. They have young talent. They also have the potential to um, be able to bring in more talent. You got the best sixth man of all fucking time in Lou Williams. Uh, you got Danilo Gallinari, who, when healthy, is borderline all-star caliber. Um, dude, like, I would just rather play for that fucking team, and you get to live in L.A. versus Toronto. It doesn't make any sense why anybody thinks that... Um, you know, thinks that Kawhi would be better served because of the the team that he's on and the fit and the the potential going forward. He'd be better off in Toronto than he would be L.A. And that's my biggest argument is like, dude, not only does he, you know, reportedly want to be in L.A., not only did he specifically want to be traded to the Clippers when he was in San Antonio, but they, they just – Everything is lined up for them for the next four or five years if he goes there, whereas 
in two years' time in Toronto, it's going to be like, oh, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me, I think the league wants him to stay in Toronto because of, um, I think it, it's helped there. Uh, I told you before, when LeBron left, I had no idea what TNT was going to do having to um to showcase Eastern <laughs> Conference uh playoff games. Um and <laughs> they've been you exciting know, though. It it has, but what is one of the reasons why? Because you have more teams that I mean, have like more star players now. Um yeah, yeah with Toronto having well, Kawhi, Kawhi, that's and, definitely and then Jimmy and Tobias and and Philly yep. and Kyrie and yep. Boston and and yeah, yeah, I think if you're the league, absolutely. I think I think you don't want to lose all that. I think you don't want right. uh, Jimmy to go west. Well, I think you know you don't what? Want... If, you, go ahead. if you didn't want to lose all that, you probably shouldn't have rigged the lottery so that three of the top four picks went west, you fucking asshole. I agree. I completely agree. I completely agree. Because I then think um, if you're New York and, and you have New York or Atlanta or whoever, and you have um, Zion, I think it then goes, well, is KD going to want to go there? Is he going to want assurance that Zion's gone for AD? You know, a, a bunch of questions then pop up. I don't think New York would have, um, but then the questions pop up. And I think what's what's going to happen is you have a lot of guys who are going to end up going west. And it's like you could have avoided all of this monstrosity if you had just focused on doing something that would have kept these guys where they're at. Um, and it's going to be sad, but I will say, um, back to the, the original point on the series, uh, or in the game, rather, mm. excuse yep. me, um, Giannis, this is, this game tonight is a legacy game. This is a game where you come out, you drop 42 and 12, 42 and 12, and you make it known, no, 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 does not matter what Kawhi does, Kawhi's not stopping me when he guards me. Um, because what you don't want, if you're Giannis, is all the momentum, all the steam, all the, the praise, all the glory is right now on your shoulders. Don't be James Harden. Don't lose to Kawhi Leonard and end up losing this series. Because if Toronto wins tonight and makes it 2-2, I 100% will feel even more comfortable about Toronto winning this series. Because then at that point, mm. I'm like, well, now who has momentum? Who has the momentum now? It would obviously have to sure. be Toronto. So to me, sure. it's like Giannis. When I say legacy, I don't mean that if he loses tonight, uh, he's not a great player, or if he loses tonight, he's not still great. No. I mean, you need to show people who have been ta- – I've seen all the media circuits talking about how um, Kawhi Leonard guarding you um, completely shut you down. I need you to show him that there's no one that could shut you down. You go in yeah. tonight, you drop 42, you make a statement, and you let them know you are one of the best players in the NBA today. Um, and, and I think if they do win this game, no matter what Toronto does next game, it, it's, 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 um, it's Milwaukee series to, to lose. Um, so, I mean, yeah. a, a lot is, is on Giannis, more so than I'd put anything on Kawhi, because we see he's doing it alone. Milwaukee has shown that they are a team that can get the job done. Uh, the Raptors have shown it is Kawhi's job to do everything right. to die on yeah. that floor uh, to keep that team yeah. alive. So if I'm Giannis, I'm making a statement tonight, 42-12. and 12. Oof, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, I Even if they lose tonight, I still don't feel comfortable in my original pick of them in seven. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't – I'll be surprised if they if they lose tonight. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um, and I, I think the game has either started or is about to start now. So um, so we'll know very shortly. Um, but all right, let's let's move on. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Magic Johnson and his comments recently. Um, basically, went on first take and he outed Rob Polinka as the quote unquote backstabber um, and. Basically saying that, uh, you know, he, he, he kind of basically didn't feel like he, he had control of the team, um, uh, you know, wanted to, to replace Luke Walton earlier in the season, um, and that, you know, felt like his decision in that regard was undercut by Polenka and others, um, and that, you know, Jeannie Buss just um, – had kind of too many um, too many uh, uh, voices in her ear, um, and didn't didn't trust his lead. Uh, what do you make of this? Are you are in this regard? Are you Team Polinka? Are you Team Magic? Are you Team Nobody? Like who, who, who do you side with, if anybody, in this in this whole fallout? I side with LeBron who I feel super right. sorry for. Um, and yeah. I, is, I had Joel... That's the best I, possible fucking answer, dude. Nice. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I had Joel telling me, like, oh, you decided to go here, you know, so you deserved it. No, no one deserves this. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, especially if my dude, worst enemy yeah. was as no great as deserves, LeBron is. And you know what? For Joel, he should understand better than anybody what terrible management can do to fucking amazing players. Like, come Agreed. on, Joel. Agreed. I brought that point up. I said it's it's the same thing Melo went through to where it's like, dude, I just want to win. Why are you guys making things so difficult for me to just right. win? I, Nick, yeah. I still to this day say that Derrick Rose-led Knicks team should have been a playoff contending team if Phil had not well. messed it up. If Phil had not it, messed it, it up, that team was very let talented. Me, um, go me, ahead. I'm sorry. Let me just say this: they, they should have probably been a playoff contender had they not put so much fucking money into Joe Kim Noah. Like that. I agree. That yeah. was just a great. I agree. Like I, I, I agree. I didn't mind Rose because he was expiring. Um, and it was like you know like what whatever like we traded what like Robin Lopez. And, um, Who something else that was. I mean, I guess, but I mean, Robin Lopez was expiring, or is it, he's expiring this year? Um, mm-hmm. But like, but nevertheless, like you know, it was it was worth a shot, and the fact that you were trading for an expiring contract, um, like to me, that in it of itself made a lot of sense. You were getting off future salary by trading for an expiring contract and a player that could potentially turn it around. Um, what they should have done was done that and then signed, like, a few one-year deals and then been one of the only teams with, like, an absorbent amount of cap space going into the following season when there were all of these guys out there who were like, damn, there's no money left for us, and I guess we'll sign these, like, like kind of shitty deals. Like, that, that was the problem with 
Phil Jackson's approach to that particular scenario. This is that Joe Kim Noah contract, man. And that is still haunting you guys. Like, that is that percent for the next three years, and it sucks. It really does. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I completely feel sorry for, for LeBron in this situation. Because, again, I do not believe the only reason he came to L.A. was magic, but I do believe it was one of the biggest reasons. Um, he felt comfortable coming to the Lakers because it was a shit fest outside of the idea of Magic being there. Um, so I mean, just to see everything play out, and again, huge. I am a I am a big fan of Petty, and there's nothing more petty than knowing a team is swearing in their new head coach. So you decide that's the day you want to shit on everything Lakers. Like beautiful, I love it. it, it it's brilliant. I, I love it, Magic. Um, continue to be petty. Um, but no, I, it, it's very dysfunctional there. And I think the biggest thing Magic just did was now implement it in the minds of every possible free agent. Like Jimmy Butler's going like, would I like to play with LeBron? Sure. But do I want to play for that organization? Nah. Like I thought Chicago was messy, but this is bad. I'd rather stay in Philly. You got Kawhi, it's like, hell nah. I'll, just, I'll, I'll go play with Jerry West and, and Doc Rivers. There's nothing going on bad over there. Um, and you just have, like, Clay that's like, nah, I'll just stay in Golden State. Like, all these players that might have thought about sitting down, talking with the Lakers, they're now like, there's no way. Nah, nope, no. Nope. Especially not when I can go play for the Clippers. Like, this isn't like CP3, Blake, and DeAndre are still over there uh, with their mediocrity. Like, no, no, it's, it's wide open. And I know me going there can help elevate that team to championship status. So it's like no one is thinking Lakers now. And I feel terrible for LeBron, because I, I, and it's funny because as enjoyable as the playoffs have been this year, they've been down in ratings, not drastically, um, but they just have been down at least the first two rounds. Um, so to Except me, for it's the Warriors like, game. right, Those right, right. You're absolutely up. right. You're absolutely right. Um, but oh, yeah, obviously, overall, they've been the, down by like fifteen percent. Right. The league misses LeBron. It's more entertaining when LeBron's there, whether it's people, you know, absolutely. wishing for him to lose. Or it's people wishing for him to win. Um, so I feel yep. horrible that he has to go through this. Um, you know, me liking the Knicks, I still wouldn't have liked to seen. Uh, I wouldn't have liked to see Michael Jordan go through this. It would have helped, but I wouldn't want to see him go through this much dysfunction because uh, you want to see great players do great things. Um, so hopefully, right. whether it's Beal, whether it's trading for for Lillard, whether it's getting Kemba, whatever. I just need the Lakers to be better. Um, so I could see enjoyable to be a LeBron playoff. James basketball. That's all I ask for, Nick. You don't have to be right. a, a finals, uh, you no. know, worthy team. But you need but just make you need to the be playoffs. a respectable playoff team. Yes. That's you can it. lose That's in the all first fucking round. I don't care. Like, like losing the first round in six games, and like at least you're like somewhat respectable. But like, fuck, man, you haven't made the playoffs in like six or seven years. Like, it's embarrassing yeah. at this point. And that yeah, and, and, and <laughs> that's the thing that I kind of took away from this is just like if first of all, like I always just kind of assume Magic was like this kind of placeholder, this this guy who would turn free agents, um, and like the fact that I guess he did want to make like big decisions, um, it it's kind of surprising to me. I didn't I didn't necessarily think that that was what he wanted. Um, in, in, in taking this job, like I, I felt like Palinka was going to be the guy to make like the big decisions, um, and you know what? So like in some respects, 
the fact that like Magic wanted to make big decisions, but by all accounts was just like very fly by the seat of his pants in the way he approached the job. He, he, you know, there there was the report of like they couldn't find him for like two days, and like they finally called him and he was. I don't – he was, like, hanging out somewhere. I can't even remember where it was. It was fucking somewhere weird as shit. Um, and, like, you know, like, always always came in late and all that. Like, so I, I don't blame Plinka, man. I don't blame Plinka at all um, for, you know, if he felt like he had to tell Jeannie, like, look, like, dude, this guy's trying to make all these fucking decisions, and he doesn't know what he's fucking doing. Um, like, he's not here. He's not – He's not present enough to, like, be able to make informed decisions, um, and, you know, I guess in Magic's eyes that would be backstabbing, but, like, I don't blame Rob Belinka for just, like, being like, dude, like, this, this is not working, but, but the big downfall of all of this is, like, even though Belinka could recognize that Magic was not making right decisions, I don't trust Belinka to be the one to make right decisions. So it's you know it's like when when Magic left like we kind of all I think were in agreement that well this could be a blessing in disguise they could go out and get a David Griffin or you know somebody else uh, you know who who can like really make good basketball decisions and they didn't do that they just promoted Palenka, um to to be the head of basketball operations they're not going to bring anybody else in according to the latest report from Ramona Shelburne. And, like, that is concerning. Um, and just the amount of nepotism that goes on within the Lakers franchise, like, you got to get away from that, man. Like, you can't just constantly be, like, rewarding people who, you know, did you right in the past by your franchises, whether it be players or agents or whatever. Like, uh, you, uh, you you, you got to get away from that. Um, and... They have made no steps in that regard, so I don't necessarily trust them to, like, make the right decisions to put a contender around LeBron, even though I think they have all of the necessary pieces in order to do so. I think they have the necessary cap space. They have the necessary trade assets. I just don't trust them to do all of the right things that they need to do in order to piece this puzzle together. Um, and, you know, maybe David Griffin wouldn't be that guy. I mean, for all, all the credit and all the praise that David Griffin gets, you know, he made a lot of fucking boneheaded fucking mistakes in Cleveland. Mistakes that I he drafted would like Bennett. to think he is. Uh, yeah, he drafted fucking <laughs> Bennett. He, uh, you know, I, and, and a lot of people say, hey, well, this was LeBron. You know, uh, you know, holding out until his, his quote unquote his guys got paid, but he way overpaid Tristan Thompson. He way overpaid J.R. Smith. Um, he traded, I think, two first round picks to get Timothy Mozgov. Um, mm-hmm. He traded, uh, you know, a, a first round pick to get Kyle Korver. Um, granted, I don't think that that first round pick's never going to convey because LeBron ended up leaving, but it would have conveyed. Um, had at you know had LeBron stayed, um, and you know like just uh, it's not worth it. Trust me, I love Kyle Korver. That ain't worth the first round pick at all. Like it's just not. So um, 
so you know, I I don't necessarily think he's like the cream of the crop, the best out there or whatever. But like, I think he'd be better than Palenka. Um, I think so, anyone, yeah, who has a background on <clears throat> you know on that position, general management. Like, right again, let's let's not forget. Palenka got the job off Kobe's recommendation. Why exactly. are you listening to Kobe to tell you how his old agent or current agent, whatever, he's an agent nonetheless, um, who is, again, shunned he was by, he totally uh, took by other organizations because of how he uh, – Right. It's like why would you then think – like, again, I think her biggest issue was she came in and her biggest thing was getting rid of my brother. He's the problem. But since he's been gone, you haven't really been doing anything good. I can't even Yet put LeBron. Shit. I have I can't even put LeBron at her feet because I think it was more so magic and the idea LeBron just wanted to be in L.A. So it's like Absolutely. you didn't lure Those him are... here. You didn't you didn't convince right. him to sign here. LeBron's first mindset was I want to be in L.A. Now whether that's the Lakers or the Clippers, then Magic came and it was like all right, definitely Lakers. But I don't think she had anything to do with it. Nothing. So no. it's like, what have you done Blanca. since firing who you thought was the problem? And the answer is nothing. Not a goddamn thing. And you know what? Like, the other thing, like, you have been truly fucking blessed by the basketball gods or, you know, maybe the NBA rigging the lottery. Um, to, <laughs> you know, constantly get top picks when you weren't in line to get them. Um yeah. Like when they when they landed Lonzo, um, if that pick had fallen out of the top three, it would have gone to I think Orlando. Like it wouldn't they wouldn't even have a first round pick that season if it hadn't been top three. And because it, and that was in that Dwight Howard trade, and when it because it ended up being top three, um, it ended up conveying the year before when they got Brandon Ingram. Again, if that pick had been outside the top three, it would have gone to Orlando. <laughs> so. Like, they they have that protection on there for, like, two or three years. It may have even gone back to D'Angelo Russell. I can't remember the exact protections on it. Um, but, like, they received that pick every year that it was protected. Um, and then this year, they, you know, end up getting, you know, again, like, having the basketball gods bless them, <laughs> a.k.a. It's rigged, uh, and getting, uh, you know, a number four pick. So like it's like dude, they're just the league is trying to help you like they're trying to make it easy for you and you just keep shooting yourself in the fucking foot and never has a fucking franchise been given this many opportunities to fuck up um, or to not fuck up and still fuck up um, and it's just embarrassing at this point um, but yeah um, I don't know I I still think they're going to get a player I don't think it's going to be in free agency. I do feel like there's an outside chance that they get Kemba Walker because I think Kemba Walker could look at his situation and if if Kyrie ends up going to New York and he doesn't have that on his table, I think he could look at L.A. and be like, well, this is my best chance to win a championship, and I'll go there. Um, but I, I'm not banking on that. Um, and if he makes third-team All-NBA and Charlotte can offer him the Supermax, do you think Michael Jordan's going to – fucking take two seconds to ponder whether he's willing to pay that money to keep Kimba? Hell no. Like, he's going to pay that money <laughs> to keep Kimba. So, like, he didn't fucking care. Um, so, uh, 
Yeah, uh, we'll see how that all plays out. I do think one way or the other they'll trade for Beal, um, and even if not Beal, there will be somebody who hits the market who they they pick up throughout the season. Um, but like, yeah, they they're just a fucking they're a dumpster fire right now, man. They are the they are the singular dumpster fire of the NBA. The fact that the Kings um, in what. 12 months' time have, like, basically, um, you know, you were right in, you know, kind of running with them until you signed LeBron, and then everybody was like, oh, LeBron, he's the savior everything. And now 12 months later, not even, like, eight months later, you're right back to being, like, not even in the running with the Kings anymore because of the season they had. You're, like, at the very bottom. It's like, well, you know, maybe we're not as bad as Washington. Like, okay, congrats, Lakers. Like, it's fucking, you get to hang your hat on that one. Um, but, like, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a train wreck. But, anyway, we'll see how this all plays out. I, 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 I think I'm with you. I am Team LeBron in all of this. And I'm not, I am definitely not a LeBron stan. I'm not even, like, a LeBron, like, fan. Um, like in in the sense that like when LeBron is on good teams, I usually don't root for him. Um, I, I I think I only I've only rooted for him once in the finals, and he actually lost um, to the Spurs. Um, but I wanted him to three peat, and they lost that that third series. I was like I was ready for the three peat. I was like, all right, well. I was pissed that you beat the. I was happy you lost to Dallas, and I was pissed you beat the Thunder. And you know, I, because I was pissed you beat the Thunder, you beat the Spurs. Um, but like now, I don't, like, I'm kind of ready for it. Like fuck it, like let's, let's get you a three P. And then he lost. Um, and I was, ultimately, when when he did when he lost to the Warriors, I, I well I take that back. I rooted for him the the times that he went up against KD because that's just unfair. Um, but. Uh, but you know when he did win the finals against Golden State, I was I was actually rooting for Golden State because I I mean I feel like everybody loved that team um, before Katie joined them, and um, uh, but when he did win it, I was I I wasn't I wasn't like disappointed like the amount of joy and when he hugged Kevin Love and all that I was I was just like all right well that was meant to happen that's, that's pretty fucking cool, um, but I I hate. I hate to see him in this position. So let's let's just let's all cross our fingers that you know the, the Lakers could be relevant if you're not Luke or Joel, who just want <laughs> right. the Lakers who, who to be do the not worst care. possible version of the Lakers. Yeah, they don't. They do not right. care. Uh, they just they want to the Lakers be fair, to be the worst possible version of the Lakers. To be fair, historically, I understand Luke more so, but I guess relevant. Like, I, I guess for Joel, it's more so like. He's Jordan of of this of this generation, so it's kind of like you kind of don't root for the Jordan of this generation. Um, but Luke, I can kind of sure. get historically. Like you don't ever root for the Lakers if you're a, uh, a, you're a Celtics Boston fan, yeah. right? So I right. get that. I I do get that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, we got just a couple more brief topics before we wrap this up. Um, the Bulls reportedly are interested in shopping their number seven pick for Lonzo Ball. Um, we talked about this on Saturday, uh, and I mentioned the Suns 
offering up the sixth pick for Alonzo. Um, I definitely like thought the Bulls. Um, I, and I don't know if I mentioned it in, in within the episode, but I've definitely had the thought that like the Bulls or the Suns would be smart to do this because um, they both pretty much have the same kind of structured team. They pretty much have everything figured out outside of their point guard, but they both have um, shooting guards who lack any sort of defensive metrics or intensity. Um, and adding Lonzo Ball um, to your backcourt would just help out so much as a facilitator to get everybody involved. And then his defense, his defensive acumen would be so helpful um, I really hope we see this trade. First of all, I really would like to see Lonzo on either one of these teams where he is actually like seems like he would be a perfect fit. I don't necessarily want him to be included in, in a trade to um, New Orleans, not because I don't think they could make the fit work, but just more so like it'd be so many moving pieces and, and so much time to figure things out and, um, you know, everything else like, Whereas I'd rather him just get traded to a team that already has like like the, like somewhat of an established um, like rule of play, and like for him to come in and be like, all right, like these are my guys. This guy can shoot. This guy can shoot. This guy can shoot. This guy can take lobs in the post. Um, like this, I, I know I I can actually look at film of all these guys. I know I. I can go in there and immediately know how to operate. And that's the kind of team that I'd like him to be traded to. So I like, I love the idea of either Phoenix or Chicago trading for him. But specifically because, you know, Chicago is the team listed in the report. What do you think about Chicago trading the number seven pick? Does it make sense to you um, if you're Chicago and if you're the Lakers? A hundred percent. If you're the Lakers, assets. Assets, assets, assets. Never can have too many, um, especially right. when you're going big fish hunting. Uh, you need as many as you can get. Um, and the more you have, the more you can kind of spread it out. Uh, maybe one team won't uh, require all of your assets, so it gives you a better chance. Well, and not to, to mention a number seven pick Maybe Like, Lonzo is probably slightly more valuable than the number seven pick in this draft. To, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, however, if if you're using your assets, it, 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 if you're if you're using those assets in order to make a trade, if you can like offer four years instead of two years of a rookie deal, if you can offer uh, a, a position of need instead of you know maybe a team who doesn't need a point guard, there's so few team, teams who need point guards. Um, it, it, it just it makes sense on a lot of different levels. Um, that like a number seven pick would be more valuable, especially to the teams you've been talking to that, that, you know, have players on the market, um, than, you know, Lonzo Bull. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I felt like Lonzo was the best defensive anchor for the Lakers. And what I mean by that is yeah. when he was on the floor, they just looked like a really good defensive team. Um, it, yeah. it's weird to say before, they look like utter fucking trash, right? Which you wouldn't expect from your star point guard. Um, you'd right. expect he brings you the offense, not the defense right. ability. 
Um, and that's what I would love for he, Chicago. Dude, go ahead. He's I'm just sorry. so good. He's just so fucking good at getting around screens, man. It's just like yeah. watching him get around screens is like one of the most like beautiful things to watch as a basketball fan. Uh, you know, who, who especially me, who's like a fan of like solid defense, and especially the way the the league has transitioned, where it, you know it's so offensive oriented. Um, there are so many guys who come around screens and end up getting fouls um, because they run into a guy, they run into the screener, bounce off him, hit the guy who's running with the ball, and then get a foul call. And Lonzo just shifts his body around screens better than probably 99% of players in the league. Um, it's, it, it's really a fucking joy to watch. Yeah, no, I'm I'm completely with you. And the reason why I kind of like Chicago uh, as a fit for Lonzo more so than Phoenix is I feel like they have yeah. a better starting five um, that he could fit right into and that team be um, competitive. kind of feel like Phoenix they're still kind of needs to figure least, things out. Older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do like Markinen, uh, um my boy yeah. Zach Levine. <clears throat> yeah. They have Wendell Carter too, right? I'm not mixing them yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, Wendell Carter so I, and, and Otto Porter. Otto Porter is oh, a Otto really Porter. good defender too. So like you would yeah. be, you would have two good defenders surrounding Levine. Um, though you would also have that at least somewhat in theory um, with Phoenix because Mikael Bridges is is yeah. I, I mean he's he's coming off his rookie season, so he's you know he. he, he Still up in the air, but I, I think he's going to be uh, a solid defender. Um, but like, I, I, I still think in theory you'd have that there. But Chicago is older, um, so in that respect, I, I do kind of see where you're coming from. Also, I think the the one thing the one thing I don't like about Chicago is I don't like Jim Boylan as their coach, um, and, and it's not the suicide thing or any of that. I don't like the way he utilized Wendell Carter because um, I think Wendell Carter could be a stretch big, and it doesn't seem like Boylan has any interest in utilizing him as that. And if you really want Lonzo to be the most successful he can be, you want to have four shooters around him because he's not the best shooter. He's not scared of taking it, but he's not great at it. Um, so if you could get Wendell to, to – at least stretch the floor out to the corner three. Um, I think that would be huge. Um, but at the very least, he would have Levine, who I don't think is like a great percentage shooter, but like I would trust him with like just catch and shoot. Um, but Otto Porter and Laurie Markman are knockdown shooters. Um, so well, that's yeah, why if you like the fit. If you're Lonzo, you're hoping – I mean, even though you maybe don't want to play in Phoenix, maybe don't want to play in Chicago, one thing that they both offer you with Levine uh, and, and marketing, uh, actually, you, you could go either – or Otto Porter. You can go with either one of those three. Um, and in yeah. Phoenix, Aiton and Booker, you got guys that aren't afraid to be aggressive offensively because we know right. that Lonzo lacks being aggressive offensively but can be a hell of a nice. defensive player. Um, so if I'm right. Lonzo, I like the idea that I could go into the locker room with Booker and go, hey, tonight, get us 40. I'll get you in all the right spots. Um, I'll, I'll play great defense. I'll get us good looks. 
You just have to be aggressive scoring-wise. And Devin Booker's like, wait, yes. what? I don't have to play defense? You got me? Hell yeah, sign me up. I can get 50 <laughs> yeah, tonight. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's a great pairing because you can get the best of both worlds. You can get the great defense from one of your guards, the great offense from the other. Where have we seen that exactly. before? Golden State, Clay, great defender, Curry, great shooter. Even though Clay can do both, Clay sometimes doesn't mind giving you 12 points because he's playing great defense that night. Um, and I think Lonzo could be the same. He could play really good defense, um, and you leave the scoring to Booker, or if you're in um, Chicago, you leave it to one of those three uh, uh, scores that they got. So if I'm yeah, him, I'll give you a better example. I'll give you a better yeah. example. Um, and granted, mm-hmm. like, of course, MJ was a really good defender, but when when Michael Jordan had Ron Harper, um, like yeah. Ron Harper, dude, he wasn't giving you shit on the offensive end. He could kind of like facilitate a little bit and pass the ball, but that motherfucker who was like six foot six point guard, he was a fucking feisty defender. Um, like that, but yeah, there's a lot of examples of that working. Um, and 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 also too, I don't think Lonzo's done growing as an offensive player, and just having him on a LeBron James team is stunting him right now as far as yeah, we talked any about this growth. We talked about this um, when me and you were talking about LeBron signing there. We were saying how I thought it was going to completely stunt all of them um, because Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like each of them wanted to to be able to have the ball in their hands. And LeBron's like, no, 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 no. 95% of this game, I'll have it in my hands. You could score it, but it's when I give it to you. Um, So that's where I thought they would – And that doesn't work for Lonzo. Not at all. So for me, if I'm Lonzo – Yes, but to me, if I'm Lonzo, as much as I maybe don't want to live in Chicago or um, or Phoenix, oh, I, I do want to go. Totally fine with either. I do no, no, no. His dad, I'm sorry, his dad wouldn't want him being in those markets. But if I'm Lonzo, I want to get back to playing basketball, and I want to get back to right. playing basketball the way I play it. And the best way to do it is to go to either of those two teams that are both great fits for you, have exactly what you need. Um, and you can get right into it and, and start helping them win games. And, and I do think both of them will be more competitive with a guard like uh, Alonzo. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree, too. If I am either Phoenix or um, Chicago, if Phoenix, for whatever reason, doesn't want to make that trade, um, I would totally just – I would do it. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Yes – Lonzo's got the, like, health concerns and all that. Um, you know, they're not – they're, like, kind of Anthony Davis-esque health concerns. Like, it's 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 not on the level of, like, Joel Embiid, where it's like he is, you know, one back spasm away from being out of the league or some shit like that, you know. Um, it, it, it's it's just more like, like lingering ticky-tack shit that just keeps piling up. And, yeah, that's worrisome. Um, but nevertheless, like just his fit, the way um, that that he could kind of seamlessly fit into both of those um, offenses and defenses, uh, and, and and how he would complement all of their existing talent. Um, yeah, I just, dude, I think I think either one of those teams would be fucking crazy not to fucking take him. Um, especially, I mean, like we said, both of those. Both those teams don't necessarily have centers who space the floor, though I think either one of them could. I think. Yeah, Aiden, I agree with that. Aiden Definitely has a good Aiden. stroke. Aiden, 
dude, Aiton can stroke it. Uh, so can Wendell Carter. Like, both of those guys can fucking shoot. In fact, Wendell Carter was, um, like, shooting uh, outside early on in the season um, uh, up until uh, Hoiberg got fired. And then when Boylan took over, he was like, nah, we're going to put you in the paint. You're a big man. You need to go in the paint. Um, like this old school mentality, and I was like, dude, like fucking no, like what are you doing? Like, do you not understand how the league works nowadays? Um, but nevertheless, uh, I mean, they both have bigs who can theoretically um, shoot, you know, at least Joel and Bead numbers from outside, uh, and and then you know you got other guys, you know, like we said, whether whether it be um, uh, you know your your Otto Porter. And um, Zach Levine uh, and Laurie Markkinen uh, on the Bulls, or uh, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, and T.J. Warren on um, the the Suns. You, you've got shooters. You've got some guys who can shoot the fucking ball. Um, so yeah, I I, I like it. I, I think it would just be great for either one of those teams. Um, and I think it would be great for Lonzo. I think it would be great for Lonzo to get the fuck out of L.A. I think it would be great for Lonzo. We, you know, we covered the report about him kind of breaking ties with Big Baller Brand and all that. Um, so it would be good for that sense to get out of LA, but it would also be good um, to kind of join a team um, where everything kind of fits, at, you know, that a luxury that he has not had up until this point in time. Um, so yeah, let's let's cross our fingers for it. I and you know, furthermore, like like we both said. Um, it'd be good for the Lakers. They they get a, a number six or number seven pick to go with number four and all their other assets. Like, you know, if you're making, you know, trade discussions and trade talks, and even if you have to wait until after the draft, you can still be like, well, who do you want us to draft? Because um, we'll draft whoever you want us to draft, and then we'll trade them to you afterwards. Um, I, I will say that's, that's probably better than having Lonzo. I will say, though, one team that, again, Neither one of us think that they're going to deal AD to the Lakers. But if I'm the Pelicans and that option is on the table, I do like the idea of pairing Lonzo with Drew Holiday, getting that defensive backcourt. Um, you know, to, to that pair. would be sick. It would it would be great. So I mean, if I'm See, my- if I'm up there in in um, New Orleans and I have any common sense, I want that more so than anything else. Is pairing those two together to go along with Zion. So, I mean, they got to think about that, too. Don't just be um, quick to, yep, nope, our owner won't deal, so nope, it's off the table. No, really think about how effective a healthy Lonzo and Drew Holiday um, defensively can be for each other um, and how Lonzo can help make Zion better. Um, And you can kind of push that, that, that evolution that we think might take five years you can kind of get that timetable going a little bit faster if you the more talent yeah. you have surrounding Zion. So it's definitely something you should think about if you're Pelicans. Yeah, I I I don't disagree, especially with um, I I think you could stagger their minutes so that you know Drew could essentially not only be your you know your starting shooting guard but also be your backup point guard. Um, mm-hmm. Like I I think there's a ton of ways you could work that lineup. My my biggest fear would be Lonzo's not a very good shooter. Zion's not a very good shooter. You might have some floor spacing issues um, depending on uh, who you're adding around those guys. 
Kuzma's not a very good three point shooter. Um, he's not he's not scared of taking the shot, but he's not he's not efficient at it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I I think I just think most of the Lakers pieces are are overrated, <laughs> uh, just in general. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I. Yeah, and I, I, I think a lot of people hold them in higher esteem. See, and personally, I like Brandon Ingram out of any of those pieces more than any of them. And, like, I know you and Luke have, have disagreed with me at times saying, like, Kuzma is the more valuable piece. And up until the blood cut, quad injury, I was like, no, dude, Brandon Ingram's – like, Brandon Ingram's the more valuable piece. But, like, now, like, I don't want Brandon – I don't – I don't want to trade for Brandon Ingram because, I mean, as sad as it is, I don't know what the blood clot issue is. I don't know if it's going to be resolved. They say it's not serious. Like, is that just conjecture? I don't know. Um, and, you know, furthermore, you know, he he's up for his, his contract renewal next year. Like, am I going to have to, like, pay this dude, like, a close to a rookie max deal and, and not know if the blood clot issue is going to come back? Like, that that's scary. That's scary for me. I think at this point, the Lakers should be trying to maneuver to make a trade without Ingram and work with the notion of you have LeBron, Ingram, especially because they played decent together down the stretch of last season when LeBron came back before Ingram left. Um, and I would be thinking about building around those two pieces um, and putting every other asset and everything else on the block because I just don't think you're going to get the adequate return that you could get for Ingram. And if you're the Lakers, because your window is LeBron's window, it's like, fuck, we don't really care. We'll sign Ingram to, you know, a huge deal for four years, um, you know, because uh, we're only really concerned about the next two years right now. Um, so I, I think. I think that's what we're going to see. Some variation of of Ingram and LeBron are going to be on the team next year. A lot of the other pieces will not. Um, And, you know, we'll see what they end up getting with all those other pieces. Um, But, all right, we got one more topic before we wrap this thing up. Got about nine minutes left. Frank Nilakina, he's reportedly on the trading block. He recently changed his representation. And um, sort of indicated that you know, he'd like to be elsewhere. The Knicks are uh, reportedly looking to move him in favor of a late first, early or an early second. Um, this is all just kind of rumor right now. We we don't have any solidified reports, no no formal statements. Um, but I think this is actually really smart. And I mentioned this to you earlier. I took a deep dive on their cap situation and what it would take. You know, for them to have their two max slots and to you know have the most possible um, money to offer after those two max slots. Um, and you know, when I originally sat down and did this, I realized that well, they couldn't keep Trier because if they kept Trier, they wouldn't have enough um, money for uh, they wouldn't have enough cap space for two max slots. But if they trade Milikina especially for an early second-round pick, which doesn't count against your cap. It just acts as an open roster spot hold, which is um, $890,612 to your cap um, per open roster spot hold up to 13 roster spots um, for any open roster spot. Um, 
so uh, essentially because Frank Nilakina makes about four point eight five million dollars, and uh, um, if if they trade him and decide to keep Alonzo Trier, he makes about $3.55 million. Um, so that's about $1.3 million less. That gives them $1.3 more in spending capital that they can utilize um, this, this offseason. Uh, and uh, if they were to make, make a deal, get, a, get an early second-round pick for Frank, um, decide to keep Alonzo Trier – um, they could still include him in a trade. Um, it would be barely enough cap space in order to um, to make the salaries match by having what R.J. Barrett's salary will be coupled with Dennis Smith Jr., Trier, Knox, and Robinson. That would be uh, just uh, like $21.8 million, which if you multiply that by 125%, which is the necessary amount, um, in order to match salaries, um, it ends up being, I think, 27, roughly $27.2 million. Um, uh, the contract for Anthony Davis is $27.1 million. So you're, you basically make the cut by about $100,000, which is like very rare that that happens, um, that you, you, know, you get that close and you, and you actually get there. Um, so like, it makes so much sense for the Knicks. I love this. I love, uh, you know, once I took the deep dive and looked at the numbers, um, this makes a lot of sense. First of all, you get to keep Trier, um, who played fucking great for you guys this season. I, I loved uh, his, his shooting, his effort. The guy, fucking say anything you want about him. His effort is not anything that you could fucking question. Um, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's been doubted for a long fucking time, and, and that kind of shows. Um, so uh, I love that. Uh, and you know what? Even if, you know, fucking barring any sort of crazy circumstances at this point, if, if it doesn't, like, work out and, you know, you don't get, you know, the guys, you know, the big free agent names that you want or whatever, um, I think I'd still rather have Trier at this point, you know, than – um, than Nilakina as far as on this roster with what we've seen from Nilakina on this roster. Um, so I, I don't I think it's a win win situation. Like just yeah, you would preferably like to go back in time and not have drafted him or whatever, but um and you know, I'm as guilty as anybody else. I had him I think number seven on my board that year and he ended up going number nine. Um and he clearly wasn't in that range or shouldn't have been in that range. Um but, you know, it is what it is, uh, and if you can make the best of this situation now and still free up enough money um, to, to maximize uh, your, your cap roster, I think I told you um, if you did sign KD and another max free agent, um, you would essentially have $4.6 million dollars a little under $4.6 million um, to, to offer one player and then a room level exception of $4.76 million to offer another player. That would be like your, your kind of um, your, your role players around your, your potential big three of, you know, Katie, Anthony Davis, if you could make that trade and, you know, um, Kimba or Kyrie or whoever. Um, I, I like it. If I'm the Hawks, I would totally give up number 35 for this kid because I still 
think that he's got potential. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people saying the Suns should do it. I think Suns, uh, they've they've reached their mark on hypothetical point guards. Um, they they drafted one last year in the second round um, in uh, in Ely uh, uh, Okobo. Uh, they traded for D'Anthony Melton uh, with the with the with Houston, um, they have their share of hypothetical point guards. If they're going to make a trade for a point guard, they need to go out and get Alonzo Ball. I don't think Neil Keenan is going to be your answer there. But for the Hawks, because you already have Trey Young, you could use Neil Keenan to back him up. Uh, he could play some two. Uh, when you're in defensive sets and you're just like trying to, you know, um, you, you know, say there's, you know, 10 seconds left in the game and like you're up by two and you need some defense, you could throw him in there, sit Trey Young on the bench. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways that they could utilize him, um, and uh, I, I think it makes a hell of a lot of sense for the Hawks. I think that's exactly the kind of team out of these top teams. I mean, because basically right now you got Brooklyn, you got Phoenix, then you got uh, Philly who has two picks um, at 33 and 34, and then you got Hawks at 35. Um, out of any of those teams, I maybe Brooklyn, but I mean they're they're they made the playoffs. They're trying to compete for the playoffs. Um, they're trying to like big game hunt right now. Um, I, I think the Hawks make a hell of a lot of sense. Um, and number thirty five ain't like that's 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 a pretty good second round pick. Um, but anyway, what are you, what are your just uh, general thoughts on uh, Nilakina being shot and, and what that could mean for the Knicks. And I just rambled, so you got about two minutes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm um, I'm always with Joel in the sense of if a player doesn't want to be here, you don't have to be here. <laughs> you can go. Um, so if he does not want to be here, I'm open to trading him, but I love Frank Nilakina. I get that he's not aggressive offensively, but what that kid could be, I told you, I thought his height defensively, um, he could be a better version of what Tony Allen was uh, yes. for uh, Boston and then what this. he was for Memphis. Um, and to mm-hmm. me, that's not a knock. And I think the only reason why it seems like it's a knock is because of how high Frank was drafted. But that's not on him. Right. Um, that, that's not on him at all. So that's not something we should use to hold against him. I think this kid could be an amazing defender. I'd love to see that length in Milwaukee. Um, but wherever he goes, I'm fine if he does not want to be in New York, but I am still very high on Frank Nilakina. Um, I don't need him to drop 30, um, especially if he stays in New York and we get a Durant or, uh, or, or whatever. Um, but that defense, especially if you could pair that defense up with Durant's length and, uh, defensive skill. Right. Um, so I'll forever be high on Frank Nilakina over, I, I don't know if I'm really over anyone else on the Knicks. Somewhat over Trier, um, only because I think his upside and length is like something that you don't give up unless you ultimately have to. What Trier brings, if Kyrie comes, you don't really need it. If Durant comes, you don't really need it. It helps, but you don't really sure. need it. That no, defense I mean, I think, that Frank could offer you ultimately is huge. All of those guys that you keep are going to get traded if those guys come. So, Right, right, ultimately, right. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're going to leave it there. Um, I, I definitely hope my Hawks get Nilakina because I would love his defense next to Trey Young. I think it would be a very big plus for us. Um, but anyway, 
we'll see how all of this uh, turns out, and we'll see if uh, you know anybody wants to make a deal there. Um, also, uh, be sure to check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Dane Alves will be hosting a new show for that. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Luke and I are going to be doing a mock draft, so be sure to tune in for that. Until then, peace. Peace.